Welcome to Digging Deeper. We're so excited you joined us today as Pastor Sean helps us dig deeper into the Word of God. Now, Pastor Sean. Good evening and welcome to Wednesdays in the Word. It's good to have you with us tonight. Pray that all is well with you and your family here in the holiday season. We're going to continue tonight on our finish up chapter 5, finally. Um, walking in the light. We've done, we've covered a lot in this chapter. I know it's taken some time with some breaks here and there's, but I want to finish off chapter 5 before the end of the night. It's maybe a shorter version of our Wednesdays in the Word. Uh, but we'll finish off chapter 5. We'll take a break for a Christmas devotion next Wednesday. And then we'll fin- We'll try to get through chapter 6 uh, in the following Wednesday, maybe the Wednesday after, so that we can start the year off with a new study. So with that being said, turn to your Bibles in chapter Ephesians chapter 5 and prepare to go to verse 30. Again, welcome to Wednesdays in the Word. Um, it's uh, a little bit shorter tonight due to the fact that we're only got three verses to cover tonight to close out a chapter. But real quick kip, uh, recap on what uh, chapter 5 has pretty much been for us. The theme of the entire chapter has basically ca- talked about life in the Spirit and how we to, are to forsake the darkness and to walk in love as Christians. And the old man is no longer a part of our lives or should be a part of our lives. And those things that we used to do, those things we used to say, the way that we used to act um, are no longer part of us. So we we don't we don't have anything to do with them now that we walk in the light. Um, and now we, you know, now as we walk in the light, it means we are walking in wisdom and, and that we are, we are constantly filled in the, with the Holy Spirit and that we, we, our spiritual life, our spirit filled life walking in the light is, it should be marked by worship and by, by gratitude and um, by submission. And that's when we got into the talking about submitting to one another and, and the wives submitting to the husbands and, and of that sort. Um, and then we got into talking about how the spirit life, you know, that, that type of life needs to be submission and where it kind of goes into the responsibility of marriage and what what walking in the light means for when wives submit to their husbands. And then we kind of got onto the husbands last week and Paul kind of had a bunch of words and a few extra words for us husbands. On, on reasons that husbands need to love their wives um, as Christ has loved the church. And we went into, we talked about how Paul uses the, the word, the, the, the word agape, love here. Um, and he doesn't use it, you know, the type of love as a family member would have or, or brother and sister would have. But one that is agape, which is undeserving uh, love. And Paul Paul uses that word very, very, you know, um, emphatically, you know, and saying, this is how you are to love your wife, you know, not, not as, um, a family love or, um, erotic love or anything of that sort, but one of that is undeserving, a love that is not changing, uh, goes without changing a love that, that gives without demanding love back or respecting repayment, repayment, a love so great that it, when it's given to the unlovable or the unappealing, um, it, it's that great that it can give it to that that type of love can be given to to that anyone, 
and it is a love that is that loves even when it's rejected. Basically, it's the love that Christ has for us. And then we went into talked about how, you know, the standard and the example of the Christian husband and how that should be as Christ loved the church and gave himself for the church, so for must a Christian husband do for his wife, give all of his life to her and put her first and above all. And so in the last few verses here, we, we see where Paul goes in verse 30 is what we're going to start at tonight. And and tonight we're just going to close in the mystical union that Paul can kind of sums up the mystical union between Jesus and the church and its relation to marriage. Um, and so verse 30 says this, For we are members of his body, of his flesh and of his bones. For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one in flesh. And this is the great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ in the church. So Paul starts off and he says, for we are members of his body, of his flesh and of his bones. And, and he kind of brings back the analogy, uh, you know, this full circle of analogy, that first the relationship between Jesus and the church uh, spoke to us about the husband and wife relationship, and, you know, how that those tie in, you know, in last week's study. Uh, now the marriage relationship speaks to us about the relationship between Jesus and his people. So it's kind of the one type of situation. The way that Jesus and his people are is the way that a marriage should work. It's one unit. It's unity. Um, it's it's agape love. It's love that's undeserving. It's, it's putting the other person first. Um, and Paul goes on to say, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Of course, we know this, this passage is, is uh, quoted from Genesis 2.24. And, you know, reveal, um, it, it shows that first the man and the, and the woman, that they were one, right? And she was taken basically from him. We talked about, at, you know, the woman coming from the man in the rib. Uh, she was taken from him and then brought back to him. And so it could be said of every married man today that he is joined to his wife, literally. You know, uh, flesh for flesh, bone for bone. I mean, that's that's a literal, that can be said of each. God did the joining. Husbands can resent that, you know, they, they, can't, they can resent that fact, or they, and they can resist that fact, or they can ignore that fact, but it does not change the fact that God did the joining between man and woman. And that's why it's so important when you say, I do, to understand what you're doing at the altar when you say that. You're saying that before God. You're vowing before God. I take this woman, I take this man as my wife or as my husband, and we are joining as one because God has already done the joining. Paul goes on to say, this is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ in the church. It would be easy to think that Genesis 2.24, uh, also quoted in Matthew 19.5, only speaks about marriage. And Paul wants us to, to know that it also speaks about the relationship between Christ and the church. Um, it's, it is true in the marriage, you know, pattern of marriage in general. It shows us that Jesus wants more than just an external surface relationship. He wants, to, wants us to be one with him. He wants us to, to be able to have a relationship with him so deep that, that we can feel his heartbeat, that we can feel his, his, uh, his every being in our lives and in our hearts and it's vice versa we want to feel that right i mean i know i do i want to be so close to the to the lord jesus that that 
that I can hear his heartbeat. I can hear his his breathing when he's breathing. I mean, I know that sounds silly, but I want I want that kind of relationship with my Lord. And and so it's it shows us that in a sense, uh, Jesus is incomplete without us. We kind of talked about you know Adam was incomplete without Eve, and we can say Eve makes up the fullness of Adam, with and makes up that which was lacking in him. And this is exactly what the church just does for Jesus. Remember, I think I made a comment of, you know, uh, we kind of, I can't remember exactly how I put it, but but Jesus needed us, right? In order for, to, not in the fact that he needed us to come to die on the cross, if that makes sense. Um, so we, we, we are his body. You know, we, we are the fullness of him who fills all in all. And that's what Ephesians 1.23 talks, talks about the church. And it actually says the church is, is, is his body. And it's the fullness of him who is who fits all in all. So, so it's kind of like this joint fit. Here's Jesus, here's the church, and it just fits, right? We are made for each other, right? And kind of like you, you look at your wife or your husband and you say, well, you are made for each other. Can I say tonight, today, tonight that the church was made for Jesus Christ? We were made for each other. Finally, in, in verse chapter or verse thirty-three, uh, this, Paul kind of sums up everything to, to um, a summary comment to the husbands and the wives. He says this: Nevertheless, let each of you, in particular, so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. So he really just talks about what he's been talking about the last few verses. He sums it up in this one verse. And he says, nevertheless, you know, Paul really taught on two different things at once. We talked about that last week. He teaches about marriage, but he also taught about God's pattern for marriage. Uh, the relationship between Jesus and his people. And he really went into depth to show that. In Ephesians 5, 31, we saw in 32, he has focused on the relationship between Jesus and his people. He, he, which we just talked about. And, and Paul's getting really excited about it. And then Paul seemed to remember that his original topic was marriage. And so that's why he used the word nevertheless. So he kind of he's kind of got excited about talking about Christ and the church and how we are one and how we fit together. And then he remembers, oh yeah, wait a minute, I'm talking about marriage here. I'm talking about the husbands and wives. So nevertheless, here's here's the ending story, uh, comment to this to this point. Um you know, I know I got off topic a little bit here, so so let me come back to the matter of fact and the matter of marriage, and I'll sum it up for you this way. Um, and so he goes on to say, let each one of you, uh, this means that everyone is concluded. Uh, no one's excluded from, from what we've read in chapter 5. Um, man and woman, no one is excluded. And we can say this about all the teaching on marriage. It's easy, it's easy for someone to say, well, I'm just not that sort of person, so I'll never do very well. You know, husbands do it, um, you know, saying I'm just not a very loving person or I don't know how to show love that way. Uh, wives do it by saying I'm just not that submissive sort. But no matter what our natural disposition may be or how you think you are, we have to target and shoot for, quote unquote, let each of you in particular, as Paul said, means that we all should set our eyes on this target that the Bible shows us how to love. The wives need to, to submit to them respect to their husbands. The husbands need to love and to nurture and, and uplift and care for the wife as Christ has the church. And so Paul finishes off, so love his own wife as himself. 
and he stressed again the unity that a husband must recognize and let shape his thinking and his actions. And husbands, we talked about that last week about the thinking and actions. You know, maybe we didn't see that at when as our as our dad. You know, the different generations. You know, may have you do what I say, and that's the bottom line. But but Christ, Paul's telling us today through Christ that that's not really the way to be. Uh, we're not to be authoritative as in the fact of dictator or tyrant. But, but of a loving, nurturing, and yet authoritative in the right respects uh, to for our wives. And we need to have that different thinking in our hearts and our minds and in our actions. Um, you know, unity is, is the central principle in marriage. You know, you have to be unified. And because there's so many people in the modern world that have never had any con- conception of what is involved in a marriage, they just get married because... You know, they've, they've had sex prior to marriage, and so it felt good. So they thought, well, let me say I do, and it's going to be good forever. Or because you're pretty at the moment, or you're good-looking at the moment, or you just, you know, you've had these other situations, so you just jump into the altar and say, I do. Um, there's a lot that goes into marriage. And from the standpoint of unity, that's that's kind of number one. Uh, a lot of marriages ride that, that unit, sign of unity very, very loose, and they end up breaking their vows and their pledges so that divorce has become one of the major problems in our age. And it, and it breaks my heart. I hate to see or hate to hear of, of couples that, that, whatever the reason, uh, have come to that, that, cap, that, that D word. And, and it breaks God's heart. I know it's breaking the, the, the woman and the, the husband's uh, heart. Uh, there's never anything good about that. Uh, but had you know maybe they, had they caught sight of this unity that they need, um, maybe that would have you know not put them in the situation. Maybe if they they got into the Ephesians five and really sought out the Word of God and and, and you know marriage is not easy. You are going to have arguments. You many of those of you who may be watching tonight have been married for umpteen years and and I've been blessed to be married for twenty six. But has it been perfect? No, um, it's been. There's been difficult moments. There's been times of complete stress and and toughness, but we marriage is is a, is something you work at. It's not something that's easy to come by, and and you need to have that unity needs to be the center to understand that you're in it together, uh, despite what comes. You know, if your husband goofs up and makes a mistake, you stand by his side and you kind of knucklehead him. You know, you knucklehead, but you stand by him and you get through it together. If the woman makes a mistake, the husbands don't come down and bash them that you messed up, but they stand behind them and, and you get through the situations as one. Uh, and then, of course, if, with the Christian aspect of it, we have God as our as our guide and, our, and, and Lord Jesus as our, our the one who can get us through it all together. And I truly do believe if we put this into perspective, um, it's not impossible, right? Because nothing is impossible with God. Um Paul goes on to see, let the wife see. Paul called the wife to say, to pay special attention here. Uh, this may be a point where many wives may excuse themselves for one reason or another. But Paul Paul emphasized, let the wife see. So he really was just getting their attentions. Let the wife see that she respects her husband. Again, he's just kind of retracting what he's already said. You know, the word respect is is the same word often used of the, the you know, of reverent, reverent, reverent fear. Um, and all that maybe even the disciples had toward Jesus. It's a strong statement. Uh, it indicates that the wife should respect the husband so highly that it points um, in this direction. Um, it, it's we, we, The wife is to treat her husband 
with with the kindness and respect of of the God order that we talked about earlier in, in the previous uh, studies, and um, that that's going to that that'll help the marriage, right? Uh, to support your husband, to respect your husband um, in in times of of stress, in times of difficulty, uh, just to to stand by him and you know to know you're both one, but there's a head of the unit and, and, and there's a head to the body of Christ, remember. And Christ is that head of the church, just as the husband is the head of the family. Uh, that's God ordered, God ordained. Uh, and so Paul basically finishes off here. He says, "Let each one of you, in particular, so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband." You know, Paul's message in this great passage could be boiled down to two principles, uh, must which must govern our thinking and our actions as married couples. And, and I, really, I really like this. Husbands, understand that you and your wife are one. You're, there's unity. You are a unity there. And um, wives, understand that your unity has a head, and that's your husband. Um, and wives are quick to embrace that and understand the husband's principle and that they want to be the governing principle of that marriage. Husbands are quick to embrace the and understand wife's principle and that, that and they, they want to you know that to be the governing principle of that marriage. But we must let our principle govern us. When when you have a husband thinking I'm one with my wife and I must think and act that way, and a wife thinking my husband is the head of of our oneness, of our unity, I need to respect and defer to him as the head then you're going to have a very healthy biblical marriage. Not easy to do. No one said it was. But you're going to have a very healthy and biblical marriage if you do apply these to your marriage. Um, the supreme thing always is to consider our Lord Jesus Christ. He is the true head. And if a husband and a wife are together, considering him, putting him at the top of that, that triangle, um, you, you, you have no need to worry about the relationship with the other. Uh, one of the things that I do say in, in marriage counseling, I kind of draw out a triangle. And God is at the top of that triangle. Jesus at the top of that triangle. And they're here and they're here. The husband and the wife are here. And as they are growing closer together, who are they getting close to as, as their head? Jesus Christ. And so if you have that triangle type of marriage where you're drawing closer together and Christ is the center of that marriage, you're drawing closer to him together, you're drawing closer together, you're going to have a very healthy uh, and again, biblical marriage. So with that being said tonight, I pray that this has blessed you. Uh, I know it has me, myself. I've got some work to do in my own marriage. But I strive to do what this chapter, this, in this latter part of this chapter has done as I continue to learn to walk in the light with Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Lord, I thank you, Father, for your mercy. I thank you for your kindness. And I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that your word is easy to understand. And if we would just apply it to our lives, we'd see so many differences in our lives. We'd see so many things not maybe go so wrong or become so stressful. And, and especially in our marriages, Lord, if we would take what Paul has said here to this, 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 this evening and apply it to our hearts as husbands and as wives, and we'd stop and we'd think and remember our actions to whether we're the husbands and we need to love and, and, and to nurture and care for our wives as Christ does the church and know that we are one. 
Father, or whether we're the wives where we need to learn to submit and respect our husbands as the head of the household. God, these are biblical teachings, Father, and if we are living for you, then we need to apply these teachings to our hearts. We can't just throw this out. And Lord, if we're looking for marriages to survive, when we're looking for marriages to become healthy, biblical marriages, then this is the key right here. This is how we do it. We look to you, the author and finisher of our faith. We look to you as the head of the church. And Father, as the husband and wife come together in one in unity and they draw nigh unto you, they'll draw closer to, to each other in you and what a healthy marriage they can have. So God, it's not we're not too far. If someone's deep within 26 years of marriage and now they're just now getting this, I ask God that you would give us all the 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 power and the strength and the wisdom to to change where we need to change in our marriages to be open in communication to show love when we want to show selfishness to show kindness when we want to pop off a word god i ask in the name of jesus i pray your anointing upon every marriage lord i pray for our young couples this morning this evening lord that you would touch them father and they would find you lord in the midst of their marriages or that there would be a biblical devotion together there'd be prayer together and that there that marriage would be strong in in you and foundate the foundation would be you um, as the head of the of that marriage so god i thank you again for your word I ask you to bless each one that has joined us tonight. Keep your hand upon us, Lord. Bring us back, Lord. Bring us Sunday to church as we worship, Lord, on a special Christmas service. And then bring us back next week as we have a special Christmas devotion. We give you honor and we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. With that being said, church, don't forget about Sunday morning this on the 20th, 10 a.m. We have a special Christmas service. And then we even have a more exciting uh Sunday night worship service we're excited for. So it starts at 6 p.m. So so make sure you, you carve out Sunday, uh, a day to worship the Lord. And we look forward to seeing you. Until then, have a blessed evening. We'll talk to you soon. We hope you've enjoyed today's word. Join us next week as Pastor Sean helps us dig deeper into the Word of God. God bless.